The Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Created from an atomic fireball hurled from outer space. The Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Threatens man's very existence on Earth. Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Battles Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan for mastery of the world. Men quake before the terror of their unleashed fury. All new, all never to be forgotten. A new high in visions from Monsterland. Hello everyone, welcome to the Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast, bringing you visions from Monsterland. My name is Jerry, and joining me is, of course, the 10 out of 10 feet tall Derek. Hey, what's going on? Not much, man. And the guy who always has venom in his cup, Mr. Venom. Uh, mushy mushy. What he said. And, last but not least, the, the Don of most Japanese things, Don. Screonk, everyone. <laughs> and today on our second episode, we are going to take on the 1972 classic? We'll find out. Godzilla vs. Gigan, and of course, Ultraman Episode 2, Defeat the Invaders. So, before we get into that, uh, Derek, how you been? Uh, you know, like, on and off with this cold, it keeps coming back and on, but I'm... I sound pretty good today. Like if we did the show yesterday, it would be a different story. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad that you're sounding good today, uh, Mr. Venom. How are you? Damn good, damn good. Uh, this is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is my third podcast of the day, so I am in podcast mode. I'm ready to go. So, what, what two did you record today? Then uh, we did Theme Warriors earlier today, and then uh, Mike Merriman and myself also did another episode of Just the Movies, where we discussed uh, the new release, A Quiet Place. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. And uh, Don, what you been up to? Uh, not much. Just keeping busy, you know, reading, writing, doing my blogging, and all that stuff. Oh, okay, cool. I, I, I'm going to be doing some reading here soon. I, I got two uh, books from uh, Brian Sammons from the ABCs of Hidden Horror. And uh, Evil Episode, so I got some Cthulhu books I'm going to dip my toes in. I, mm-hmm. nice. let, me, let me ask, okay, so I've always been into big monsters, I've always been into kaiju, I have never been into Cthulhu. Mm. So, for y'all, do any of y'all have, like, has there ever been, like, for y'all, like, was it, do you like kaiju and it got you into Cthulhu? Did you like Cthulhu and it got you into kaiju, or have they always been separate, or like anybody got any feelings on that? Well, I actually got more into Cthulhu after I got into the Godzilla and stuff. Like that was a little after that, you know what I mean? Like when I started, well, my first HP Lovecraft experience is of course like Reanimator and From Beyond, and then I read some more about like his work and stuff and started reading his stories. 
And I got more into Cthulhuism after that. It's interesting when you read it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be my first time dipping into the to the genre uh, Lovecraft created with the weird tales. Um, in fact, when we get to where we review Matango, Lovecraft will come back up. Yeah. So that will be interesting. <laughs> I have a whole thing on that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Venom, did you have any, like... Uh, like, do you, have they ever crossed paths for you? Um, pretty much the same as uh, Derek. I mean, I, I discovered Kaiju as a kid, and obviously H.P. Lovecraft writing is a little bit over most kids' heads, so I didn't really discover him until um, uh, more into my teenage years. Uh, pretty much the same thing as Derek. I mean, I saw, I saw From Beyond and instantly was like, I, I need to experience more of this stuff. And um, that's when somebody clued me in that, you know, it's loosely based or inspired by Lovecraftian uh, creatures and, you know, cosmic horror and whatnot. So I just started reading and I also picked up one of those books from Mr. Salmon. So I got one on the way myself. I'll be doing a little bit of reading, which is going to be the first uh, printed word I've read in probably years. So it's going to be an experience. But yeah, uh, almost I, I mirror almost Derek's uh, experience. Exactly. Don, are you part of this mirror? <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest, uh, Cthulhu is one of the few Lovecraft stories I haven't gotten to yet. Um, I'm familiar with the concept. I I know of it actually more through the people that have taken it and ran with it themselves, so to speak. But uh, the actual original Lovecraft story, that's one of the uh, few I haven't gotten to yet. Fair enough. Well, yeah, so that'll be interesting for, for me to dip my toes in and obviously... Venom, you're dipping your toes. Which one did you get? Um, I picked up The Return of the Old Ones. Okay, I picked up two. I grabbed uh, uh, the Arkham one, and then I grabbed the Steampunk one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going in some weird variants. Yeah, I got to check those out. Maybe I'll pick some up, too. <laughs> uh, yes, I don't know if he's still selling some, because we got them from his personal collection. Uh, and uh-huh. Apparently, like... The two that I got, one of them's out of print and kind of expensive, but he gave me a deal on it, so I didn't really have to worry about that. But, yeah, guys, if uh, you're into the world of Lovecraft and stuff like that, uh, Brian Sammons, Brian M. Sammons, as he goes by, uh, has done has has put together a lot of those books. He's, he's called the editor on it, um, and he's put together a lot of them, so free shout-out, free plug to him. Definitely go check that out if you're into that, but we came here for a reason. We came here to talk about Godzilla versus Gigan. So yes. that's what we're going to do. Now, uh, this is Jun Fukudo's... I don't know if I said that right. Fukudo? There's going to be an ongoing joke where I just fuck up everyone's names. Hey, it happens, man. Um, it's going to happen every single time, Derek. Like, who? You know, Don, you have to be really good at Asian names. As much Asian mm-hmm. cinema as you do. So when I fuck him up, I'm going to need you to step up and be like, Jerry, you're wrong. I'll try to do my best. I'll uh, keep an ear out for it. Yeah. So this is his third Godzilla movie, 12th overall. Um, and this is where you start realizing in the series, the budgets are no longer there. Um, a- yeah. After Destroy All Monsters, especially, budget started going the fuck down. And this, it to me, is the movie where you really start realizing it because the movie before this, Godzilla vs. Hedorah, doesn't seem to have the same issues that this movie does. It has a whole bunch of different issues, but not <laughs> not the issues that make you go, that make you notice that there were budget constraints. 
Yes. And yeah, that's... we'll uh, we'll talk about that when we when we eventually cover Hedora. <laughs> I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, when we get into Mr. Bano, but <laughs> so. I, I was looking at the description of this movie that IMDb had, and I think it's kind of funny. A man begins to suspect that something is wrong about his employers. Meanwhile, Godzilla and Anguirus are alerted to something strange going on. That sounds like <laughs> Godzilla and Anguirus are fucking detectives. <laughs> Something's not right here, Anguirus. We need to go fucking check this out. We're the fucking Kaiju Hardy Boys. We're fucking Sherlock Holmes and you're my Watson. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much. I can, just see, I can just see Godzilla in the, to- in the pipe, the tweet hat in the pipe right now, smoking. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Uh, it that... almost seems like Anguirus is kind of Godzilla's bitch in this part because Godzilla actually sends him out by himself to check it out the first time. And then yeah. he has to get a report before he's like, oh, okay, I'll take action. <laughs> yeah, you. ever since Anguirus got his ass beaten, Godzilla raised again. He's pretty much become Godzilla's best friend. He's become Godzilla's sidekick. Yes. Um, and so that's kind of interesting. But yeah, in this movie, we have Godzilla and Anguirus versus Gigan and King Ghidorah. And yeah. a whole lot of uh, day for night scenes and a whole lot of a, uh, fuck it, it's just going to look like day even though it's supposed to be night. <laughs> Which, okay, so like I said, well, now... Well, get into that too. And we'll yeah, we'll get into <laughs> so, like I said, this was the first time I had watched the movie in a long time. Uh, this is not one of the ones I actually rewatch a lot because of how slow the start is. And I actually got to say, I, I'm, I was actually pretty bored with this movie until the fight because I really didn't care about the human characters or the alien characters for that matter. At all, and it's for a little bit. I was actually like, "Oh my god, I've seen this all before in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla." Then I realized that this was before Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and it's not that I had seen it before; it's just that it gets done better. Yeah. So yeah, this, this whole like thing with like the aliens and stuff has been done to death with the Godzilla series. Well, you figure this is the third time they've trotted this trope out. It's you know, invasion of Astro Monster and destroy all monsters all over again. Correct, and mm-hmm. and they and they don't stop. They continue to do it. Like I said, they did it in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and then again in got in uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla. But I feel like those are done better than here. So, with that being said, Derek, what are some of the things that you love about Godzilla versus Gigan? Well, Gigan. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the best like kaiju designs out there. It really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And. You know, like, the whole battle at the end is very epic because it's, like, a tag team match between them. And it's, like, the first, like, uh, well, Detroit All Monsters is, like, one monster against, like, 900 monsters. You know what I mean? So this is, like, two against two. It's, like, perfect. Even numbers, you know what I mean? It's the first time they actually did that, you know? That's true. That holds up very well. Yeah. You know... And even though, like, you know, like, the the whole, like, human side of the story, I do, like, some of, like, the quirky humor shit, I do like, even, because it is kind of cheesy and dated. Like, the whole scene where he, uh, our main character, Gingo, is uh, being, uh, you know, like, he thinks there's a gun in his bag and it ends up being a fucking air of corn. 
<laughs> you know, the shit like that just makes me laugh for some weird reason. So I do like little like cliched humor shit like that in this movie. Okay, okay. Uh, Mr. Venom, what are some things you like about this movie? Well, for those who don't know, Gigan actually is my favorite villainous kaiju. Um, absolutely. I, I actually, the first time I saw this, I was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 12, 13 years old. And I was, I was starting to develop a little bit of a dark um, appeal for villains. That's right around when, like... Um, you know, Darth Vader hits the scene and, you know, Maximilian, the the big red robot from the Disney film, a black hole, the black hole, excuse me. So I started getting into villains right around this time. And because this was one of the first movies, it may not be one of the first times it actually happened in chrono, you know, chronologically, but it was the first time that I had seen Godzilla basically get his ass whooped and actually get cut yeah. multiple, multiple times. I mean, I had never seen Godzilla bleed before this film. And just something about that kind of appealed to me. And even the way it ended, I mean, you know, ultimately our, our two villains end up just, you know, flying away, basically retreating. But it's one of those things where I felt like Gigan didn't look like as much of a bitch as uh, Ghidorah did, you know, after his ass whooping. Um, you know, he took that he took that um, flame blast there from Godzilla in the belly while he was flying. And that was pretty much the end of the fight for him. Uh, but yeah, I just like I said, just watching Godzilla and kind of being in awe that Toho would allow, you know, another kaiju to just basically own Godzilla for, you know, even if it was only for like a, you know, five minutes out of a 30 minute fight scene, it, it was still, you know, it was something new to me. Same thing. I had the kind of the same feeling first time watching The Empire Strikes Back. That was one of the first movies that I ever watched where at the end, you know, you could basically say the villains came out on top. And even though the villains don't come out on top on this one, they had their moment in the sun. And I, I just always admired the film for that. And admittedly, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with all of you. This is not the strongest Godzilla film by any stretch. It's not necessarily one of my favorites. It's up there. It's definitely top 10 probably. But, you know, it's all about Gigan for me on this one. And, you know, I just, I just loved what he was able to do in that fight against uh, old Gogeta. Yeah, so fun fact, this is the first movie where Godzilla bleeds. Not ah, the, not the cool. first movie where Kaiju bleeds, because actually Angerus bled in uh, Godzilla Raids again. Mm-hmm. But uh, Edgy Tsuburaya was very much against Godzilla bleeding, and he would not allow it. But at this point, I believe he was dead. So I believe they, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, he died in uh, 1970. Yeah, so at this point, they were allowed to do whatever they wanted. So they made Godzilla bleed, and they took a book out of uh, the hammer. Well, they took a page out of the hammer book and made it some bright red. Yeah. So that, <laughs> that, that awesome was awesome 70s cool. red. And, yeah. and you're right. Ghidorah does kind of seem like a little bitch in this movie, uh, which is weird because Ghidorah is supposed to be, you know, he, yeah. like if anyone is Godzilla's mortal enemy, it's Ghidorah. Like that's... When you, th- me, maybe it's just me, but me personally, when I think of Godzilla's uh, biggest nemesis, it's always Ghidorah. Yeah. 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 Um, but to be fair, Ghidorah is usually being controlled by someone. Yeah. Uh, Which he was in this case. Correct. Yeah. Him and Gigan were being controlled and they got, uh, once they were no longer under control, they kind of turned on themselves a little bit because Godzilla and Angerus pulled some fucking doom shit and just had the monsters fight each other until they were eventually like, well, fuck this, and they left. Yeah. So, very cool ending. All right, so Don, what are some things you love about this movie? 
Well, I'm going to uh, third the love for Gigan, probably one of my top five favorites, but uh, I'm going to go a different route, and I'm going to give the absolute per- perfect piece of evidence as to Ifukube's brilliance. None of these tracks were composed for this movie, and yet they fit. The music fits this movie better, probably even than the original scenes, and it was never composed for those sequences. It was all cribbed from other sources, and I don't know of any composer that has ever been able to lay claim to that fact. So You are 100% right there. Fugabe had this ability to rework tracks and mix tracks and reuse them in ways that were always new. Like if you go back and listen to the Varen soundtrack, so much of that gets reused and improved on in later movies. Yeah. If, if Fukube literally, there's a reason why he's always mentioned when you talk about the, the creation of Godzilla is because he made the soundtrack for a, a shared universe that I've never seen anyone else do. Like, you could say that closest... I guess closest would probably be John Williams with Star Wars. Right, but the yeah. thing is, is that, you know, none of his movies are reused soundtrack cues. He'll take, you know, snippets from his previous work, but he's never score, He's never had his score from previous films reused in a brand new movie. There's never been, you know, he's always composed new music for a movie. It's never been, we have absolutely no money for a score. Let's just take everything that we've looked at in the past and reuse the best pieces. Yeah, no, that's, you're 100% right there. That That is one of the greatest things. Because I remember listening to it, uh, watching this, and I was like, oh, that's a Moonbase 1 theme from right. Destroy All Monsters. Um, because it's Destroy All Monsters is one of the soundtracks that are actually available on Spotify and I have a Godzilla playlist on Spotify and that, and so that's on there and like, and it's, it's also one of my all time favorite, uh, pieces of music that a has ever created. Yeah. Top three for me. Oh yeah. That moon based theme. Oh, just, I mean, frigate March and Godzilla's theme or I always go back and forth between those three. Oh God. Yes. It's so good. So that, man, that is a, an amazing thing to point out, Don. I right. love it. Um, so as for me, um, while watching this, did anyone go, I hate to say it, but I, I would, as much as I hate the guy, I think I would let Michael Bay uh, remake this movie. There are so many explosions in this fucking movie. <laughs> Every five, everywhere you look is explosions, and they look fantastic. June Fukuda can handle action. He, if you, if you watch his Godzilla movies, he can handle action. He can handle explosions like a boss. They looked fantastic. Um, I, that, that is one thing. And you know what? I'm usually, I'm not an explosions guy. I'm not. In this movie, they are shot beautifully. And I love them. And that's, that's one of my favorite things about this movie. Yeah, it adds an extra impact, especially in the the beginning of the fight where you see them in the oil refinery. I mean, that thing is just wall to wall fire, and yet, yeah. you know, it's one of the most gorgeous battle sequence, battle, you know, whatever you want to call it, choreography pieces ever in the series. You've got the four of them going at each other in the blazing inferno while explosions go off around them, and yeah, it, there's. Some of the times there may not be the biggest 
pieces of you know the budget going around but man they look some of these scenes they you know even if they stumble on it accidentally just look absolutely amazing yeah 100% there's that shot that close up shot of Gigan's face with a fire in front of him that is fucking just beautiful and then there's a pan shot where Gigan and Ghidorah are setting fire to the tanks and it's just a gorgeous shot you just look at it and go man that just it, especially I'll say this uh, that the Blu-ray release from Kraken, like great transfer, great transfer. There, there's some graininess still, but I'm a hundred percent okay with a little graininess. I, but I don't mind grain. It's either. a great transfer. Um, and so I actually pulled out cause I have the Sony DVD release and I, I put it in there and you know what? Sony's DVD release was also a really good transfer. So apparently there are good elements for this movie out there because it looks amazing and i know toho right now in japan is doing 4k uh scans of all their movie of, of a lot of the godzilla movies and i know they've the last one i heard they were working on was godzilla versus king kong um and oh, i know the, the screenshots i've seen it that have been posted on august ramon's facebook page which guys if you if you want to make sure all your godzilla news is legit follow august ramon uh he he's Rock the on. one who we're going. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're going. No worries. My apologies, no worries, August. Just... I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Were... No, um, yeah. If if there's anything anywhere you want to know about Japanese sci-fi and, and fantasy, take it from us. Go to him. You know, we're peons compared to him. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is so legit. Like he wrote the book um, about Edgy Subaraya. That's that's really fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's. It, he, if you see his if you see his name anywhere associated with anything, take it for one hundred percent undisputable undisputable fact. Yeah. And his um his commentary track on the on the Shout Factor Gamera DVD release, fucking great. Uh, that I didn't I don't think I brought that up last time when we recorded our episode on Gamera, but he does a fantastic commentary on there, even though there are some weird things that happen with the audio, but that's not his fault, that's on Shout Factory. Mm-hmm. It's he is the gospel when Shin when all the shit was going on for Shin Godzilla before it came out, I did not believe a thing until he posted it. Mm-hmm. So you got that's the man right there. <clears throat> but nonetheless, it's time to get into a little bit of the bad. Derek, <laughs> what is something you really don't like about this movie? Well, this plagued a few other Godzilla movies that came before this one. The laziness of using stock footage. And, okay, let's talk about exactly how lazy they were. Like, one, the Ghidorah scenes that they straight up just ripped from uh, Destroy All Monsters, they didn't even try to darken it. Like, it was still clearly day. Yeah. And it's so... Yeah. It stops you. Exactly. Like, in the... And just like mostly all Ghidorah scenes, besides like the ones where him and Geigen are like on the ground next to each other, is mostly stock footage. You know what I mean? Besides yeah. like the oh, another thing that was really bothersome watching it this time was the fucking two little puppets <laughs> of them flying because like, Ghidorah's you know wings what? ain't even fucking moving and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, I know we're not there yet, but like <laughs> whenever I see those scenes, it, it just makes me go, it makes me think of Ultraman. 
Because Ultraman does the exact same shit where it's so clearly just a, like, model that does not move. And it looks just like a, like a toy. And it does not move. And you're right. It is so bad for Ghidorah in this one. In most of the other ones, they have the tail moving and shit. But yeah. at least they don't do it. With Gigan, at least they have, like, puffs of, like, white smoke coming out. Like, they're about to yeah. elect a new fucking pope. Uh, <laughs> well, you look at his... I mean, for him, it's kind of a pass because he's got, like, the fans. Like, you can, you know, you can maybe guess that that would be a form of propulsion. So, you know, he kind of gets a pass, you know, where he wouldn't necessarily have to, like, flap anything. It would just be, like, you know, he can glide with those. But, yeah, for Ghidra, it looks really, really off. And plus, his eyes are all red in, like, the in the puppet scenes. But then when they do the close-ups, his eyes ain't red. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty weird. I will 100% give you that. So, Venom, what what is uh, something you dislike about this movie? Honestly, I hated our main character. Uh, and I, I, I was not a fan of his uh, getting his way by acting like a complete idiot kind of scheme that he had going on. It, it just bothered me. It bothered me the way he was, uh, the way he was communicating with that, uh, that, that woman early on the karate black belt. It's like, did you just call a sister? Did you? Okay. Here. Oh, hold up. (laughs) You're saying sister. And I think in the English version, they do make it a sister, but apparently in the Japanese version, from what I was looking at, that's his girlfriend. Yeah. That's girlfriend. That's his, uh, that Uh. makes more sense. Yeah. I saw the dub. Huh? Yeah, but in the dub, they kind of... It, I don't even know what they call... If he says sister, I know he calls her a bitch, but... That, right, like, yeah. It doesn't... But yeah, there's no romantic entanglement there at all that you can see. Yeah. yeah. No, nope. So anyway, continue. Uh, I, I mean, I basically got the gist of it out. I just did not like our main character. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like the way he got things accomplished. Even though ultimately he got done what needed to get done, he just did it in such a terrible way. I mean, I, I rolled my eyes at him so much. I thought they were coming out. I mean, just yeah, I couldn't deal with him yeah. too much. Um, you know, and it's the same, it's kind of the same weakness with a, with a lot of these kaiju movies is it's always the human element that ends up maybe not ruining a film, but at least knocking it down or peg or two, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. this, this movie always gets paired, uh, a lot with Godzilla versus Megalon mm-hmm. and Godzilla mm-hmm. versus Megalon had a cheaper budget, but I still feel like it did everything better. Like Gigan and Ghidorah teaming up. Sounds amazing, but they don't deliver on the goods. We get a good scene of Gigan beating the shit out of Godzilla. But the fight uses so much stock footage that it doesn't feel like a good tag team match as where the next movie feels like a much better tag team match. Yeah. Mm. And like even like in that fight when you see Godzilla fighting Ghidorah and they use the stock footage, you see like Mothra in some of the scenes and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes. Um, but... but He's right in the sense that, like, to me, this almost feels like it should have been a... a, a it feels like a made-for-TV movie. It feels mm-hmm. like this is television. Uh, I'm watching... Te- it feels like I could cut this into, like, a two-parter for Ultraman. Or even a one-parter, cutting yeah, out all the stock true. footage. Oh, yeah. Um. So, anyway. Yeah. Don, what is something you dislike about this movie? Well, uh, I'm going to sound a little contradictory here, but uh, I'm also going to go with the cheapness of Derek. Derek like, is uh, cheap. <laughs> I pay him in Oreos. That, 
Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, the stock footage bothers me a bit, but the other thing that's kind of obvious about it is I'm going to specifically mention several times during the fight, the musical cues repeat themselves simply because they weren't long enough for the sequence, and so they they re-strung the the song to play again because the fight Uh scene was lasting too long. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, the song will start up a... The song will start up again. <laughs> they they had to rematch every time they had to reuse the same shot of Geigen flying. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But, no, you're right on that, too. There are a lot of times where it's just like... It almost feels like when you're playing a video game and you're, in, you're, you're wasting a bunch of time so the song starts looping again. Right, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, mine's going to actually be maybe a little controversial. I'm going to throw this out on, on y'all. I do not like the Godzilla bleeding scenes. Mm. They mm. they don't sit well with me. I don't they don't fit the what I feel is the Showa error of Godzilla. They they look like they were almost like we're just gonna fucking do it. Let's have Gaigan run into him five times so we can have like two <laughs> shots of him bleeding. Like I I think it was a little much. I I feel like maybe if they would have like cool like. We didn't need, like, a fountain shooting out of Godzilla, is what I'm saying. Or, like, when Gigan splits his forehead, mm. I just don't... I just I don't know. I just did not care for all the blood in this Godzilla movie. Well, well, the other thing, too, with that one, where he's pounding on his forehead, you realize just not long after that, you actually literally see the, the skin on the costume fall off. And it makes you realize why he's not bleeding from that wound rather than the one that hit him in the forehead. Okay. You know what? Now that you brought it up, I, I got to bring it up. Okay. We're going to jump into uh, the suits real quick because there's a yeah. couple of things I want to bring on. Bring up. One, uh, it's really weird going back and forth between Godzilla and eyebrow Godzilla from the previous movies. Because, you know, like, Godzilla had those, like, one point where he basically, like, he was like, hey, guys, I put seaweed for eyelids. Doesn't it look fucking awesome? <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. work. But so many times when Godzilla lifts up his arm, you can see pieces of the suit, like, just hanging off. And I'm like, guys, y'all couldn't go cut that off. It looks like he has damn skin tags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, when they swim in, he has, like, giant bug eyes, and then he's normalized, <laughs> like, after he gets out of the ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, the uh, swimming scenes were done with the suit from uh, Son of Godzilla. That's why. Okay, I was yeah, wondering yeah. why that yeah. left eye looked wrong. <laughs> yeah, the swimming scenes were done with the uh, costume from Son of Godzilla. It became, after that movie, it became the uh, sea costume. Mm. It was also used in um, Hidora for a couple of sequences in the water tank. And then it was reused in this one for the uh, scenes of Godzilla and Anguirus in the waters coming to... Coming to the city. Yeah. Now, yeah. Angerus's water suit is uh, often called the zombie Angerus suit because yes. when you look at him in the face, he his eyes are widened over. He looks grungy as hell. It's an evil looking suit. I was kind of like, whoa, because normally Angerus looks like a puppy dog, and in this one, he looked grungy as hell for the water shots. Like there's when he first is like uh, spying on Gigan. And he comes out of the water, th- and they show that shot of his face. It's yeah. pretty evil looking. Like, it's it's vicious, man. Yeah, it has some black on his head and shit. Yes, like, it was, re- like, I was just like, you know what? 
I would like to see an Evil Angerous movie based off this suit. <laughs> or, or I'd love to see X Plus make a figure of, of Evil Angerous. Hmm. That would just look yeah. dope. Um, cool. Gigan's suit is amazing. Yes. Like, I feel One like of... all the budget's in that. <laughs> yeah, one of the crowning jewels of the 70s. Yes, it's so sad that he's in a lackluster movie, but mm-hmm. that design with the buzzsaw and, oh, man, and the thing. Okay, so where's – I got to find this thing I wrote down about um, – a lot of people apparently give him special abilities based off a poster that was made. Right, right the laser beam. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was a pre-production idea. But it was uh, decided that all of the um, the budget wouldn't have uh, wouldn't accommodate it. So, but they couldn't uh, read to him in time. The plan was originally to give him the laser beam from the forehead, but then it would have cost too much in the optical printing stage, so uh, it was uh-huh. removed from the film. Yeah, and uh, special effects director, holy shit, uh, Terry. Teriyoshi... Yeah, there we go. Nakano. Yeah, he he has came out to say. Now keep in mind he didn't write the script. He he he's special effects designer. He's special effects, but I don't know how much this plays into some of the other stuff. He's saying that he didn't feel like it fit the character. Um so but here's the thing. I to me, I don't see how it doesn't fit the character. We know nothing about Gigan. Yeah. You don't yeah. learn anything from him in this movie. So him having a a jewel on his forehead I'm. I would a hundred percent see that and be like, he shoots shit out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I mean, you know, the only kind of you could say personality you get out of him is he likes to be happy slashy with his claws. Yeah. Yeah. There he, does. he He likes to yeah. kick, doesn't he? He kicks a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. He, he's like as soon as he's like he is literally why we created the saying "kick a Godzilla when he's down." There you go. <laughs> um, and they yeah. also had a thing about apparently Gigan was supposed to be able to breathe fire also, and it was stripped for the same reasons as the uh, laser jewel head. Yeah, but they mm. decided to make the Godzilla Tower shoot lasers for some weird reason. Okay. Yes. All right. Now, how? Now, uh, I feel like Don will know about this, but I don't know about y'all. How much do y'all know about how this script was developed? And the crazy ideas of what this movie was going to be before it became Godzilla vs. Gigan. Oh, you mean the idea of um, Earth Defense Forces Space Patrol? Yes. So, okay, well, <laughs> even before that, before that, it was originally going to be King Ghidorah's Great Counterattack, which would have right. Godzilla, Rodan, and my boy, Varen, uh, fighting Ghidorah, Gigan, and a new monster named Mogu. Mm. Now, Mogu is where we get interesting. So, it it got reworked a little bit into Godzilla vs. the Space Monster, the Earth Defense Command, which is what Don was talking about. So, this one had Godzilla, Angulus, and Majin Tool, a giant stone idol similar to uh, Dai Majin, mm-hmm. against King Ghidorah, Gigan, and Megalon, which all three were cre- recruited by an evil alien brain called Miko. So, this... Had this script did have like the Godzilla Tower and everything like that, and honestly, both versions of that sound amazing. But Megalon was dropped, Varen was dropped, uh, Majin Tool was eventually reworked into another uh kaiju. Now, Don, you probably know this, 
But let's give these two to guess. Who did Majan Tool, who was basically uh, Dajamin, uh, Dajamin, <laughs> fuck me. Daimashin. Uh, <laughs> Daimashin. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> who do y'all think that Kaiju became? And I'll gi- the only hint I'll give you is that it was Showa. King Caesar. Yes, sir. King wow. Caesar. And now yeah. I will sing to you the song of King Caesar. No, I won't. That is the <laughs> three-hour song, man. Fucking, if there's any song that's as, almost as bad as the fucking words get caught in my throat from War of the Guardians, hey. it's that song. Don, we went over this on on two drink commentary. You're yes, wrong. Yes, we did, but we never went over the we never went over King Caesar song. It's fine up until the first verse. <laughs> really? I like Caesar's song. It's one of my favorites. Oh it's my only God. the fact that he keeps Caesar. repeating that. It... Caesar. I'm not even going to try this thing right now. So yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty cool. And another interesting piece of information. Haru Nakajima's final appearance as Godzilla before retiring from the role. Mm. Always, always <laughs> got to give him props. Even though I really don't like his performance of Godzilla in this movie. Uh, cause I don't, I don't, I don't get what's, I don't even know how to explain it to you, but y'all know when he constantly just keeps raising his hands yeah. or, or he just like starts like tapping on his nose. Like he's done fucking cocaine or something. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Like it, it's, it looked like he was like wiping his mouth a couple of times and then it, where he would like wipe his mouth and then like throw his hand down. Like he's, you know, trying to dry off whatever he just wiped off his mouth. I don't know if he's making a. You know, some kind of, oh, I want to fight you so bad, I'm drooling type thing, type motion. But he does it two or three times in this film. And my wife and I were both like, that's got to mean something. (laughs) Yeah, uh, apparently that was a motion from a a Japanese pop singer at the time. I've gone back and I've tried to figure out who it was, but I can't. I can't figure out. But that was a motion done by a Japanese pop singer at the time. And that was like one of the crowd's like a staple that he did at his live shows. And so it was, it was done to try to like broaden Godzilla's appeal. Like, Hey, I'm doing it too. I gotcha. No, thank you. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And ironically, the actor who played Gigan actually went on to become Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, okay. Uh, there were, so how do y'all feel about the American name? Um, God, was it Godzilla on Monsterland? On Monster Island, yeah. Well, he's, Island. well, he's mostly on Monster Island for most of the movie until he... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of like, it's a... I, I like the poster, even though Godzilla looks more like the 1998 Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. I'm starting to think that's where they stole the design from. Uh, It's very... I don't know. The name's always been a little weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely prefer Gigan in the title. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I like I, I'm either I'm gonna stick with that or at least like go with the full Japanese name, because Godzilla on Monster Island. I'm like, like yeah, he's on Monster Island, but they don't fight on Monster Island. They should have called yeah. it Godzilla on Monster Land. Yeah. Because exactly. then at least it would have been like it would have fit with, with that. <laughs> um, it really pisses me off that uh, I want the the Japanese Blu-rays of this have like fucking commentaries. And I want it so bad, <laughs> like it may, but I I won't be able to understand anything. There's no one that does it, and you, it's hard to get Godzilla commentaries in general. Yeah. You have the few that are on like the classic media releases, and that's pretty much it. And all the classic media ones are great, but it's just like 
I, one day I need to make enough money that I can pay like August or Steve Rifle or or Ed Gatsu. How do you say his last name? Don, you Gatsu- know what I'm talking about? Gatsu Chesky. Him. I would love to pay them to actually make more uh, commentary tracks. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that I really, really want. Okay, so... What else can we get to? Does anyone have anything they want to say about this movie? There's a lot of chain smoking in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's smoking. Yeah. You know what? That's one thing that always bothers me about watching Japanese movies is how much they smoke. And as long I used to smoke. That's why it bothers yeah. me. Because every time I watch these movies, I want a cigarette. And it pisses me off that the Japanese Thank people you. are known for being healthy and living forever. And, like, every single one of them smoke. <laughs> they even put fucking little tracking devices inside the cigarettes. Yeah, that's one thing I was just like, really? That worked? It did. (laughs) Well, uh, well, I think we've gone on long enough. I think it's time to address the elephant in the room. The comic book or the voice? Oh, Hmm. Jesus Christ. Uh, Uh, Yeah. I know. We've gone on long enough. I think we have to address it. All right, Don. Yeah, unfortunately, (sighs) we have to address it. Don, lay it down. Tell the tell the people what they want to hear. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when Anguirus is reporting back to Godzilla in various versions, you have one of two outcomes. In the Japanese version, the dialogue is exchanged in the form of comic books with um, balloons over the characters giving the information out. Mm-hmm. In the English version, you have Godzilla and Anguirus dubbed in some of the most god-awful voices ever oh, conceived to awful ever conceived yeah and yeah. uh and you can barely hear them too the mix i mean i have a pretty good system here and you know i'm watching the uh the kraken blu-ray and yeah i could barely hear what they were saying i had to turn the subtitles on did it sound like it was like it was like a dj was like uh you know like doing a record like yeah it's like yeah, he's like scratching them. It's like the vinyl is being scratched over the voices. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. I really want to know at what point were they like, you know what, this is going to be a good idea. Like when they were smoking uh, weed. Uh, <laughs> it just it makes the, no sense. Which made me laugh when I watched it stoned for the first time. <laughs> I don't know if I could watch this stoned. I think I like the pacing of it's too slow in the beginning that I don't know if I could watch this stoned. I think I might get bored and fall asleep. Oh. Yeah, I think uh, Megalon Megalon would probably be a better one to try out stones. That one's a little bit more action packed. Smog masks or forget it. You'd be like, holy shit, this movie's terrifying. I actually, I mean, for whatever it's worth, I will admit that the wife and I had a little herbal fun while watching this. And honestly, it, I think it actually helped because rather rather than the pacing coming off as slow in the first like 15, 20 minutes, we just spent the whole time making fun of Gingo. So we were entertained. Damn, that's the way to go then. Um, yeah. So I have a fascination with alternative titles. And uh, I would like to throw some of the alternative titles at y'all and see if you can guess exactly what country named it this. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Earth Destruction Directive Godzilla vs. Gigan. That's the direct translation of the Japanese one, I believe, right? You are correct. So let's step it up. 
Galleon, the monster of the galaxies, attack the Earth. Mm. Uh, Galleon, I think, I'm going to say Galileo. I'm going to say Italy on that one, but I don't know. Pretty close, Spain. <laughs> I should have mm. known that. Damn it. All right. <laughs> Earth objective, mission apocalypse. Mm. Italy? Let's go with France. I'm going to say Germany. No, that's not Germany. Venom got it right. It's France. <laughs> oh. This one should be easy if you know anything about the history of this country and Godzilla. Frankenstein's Hellbrood. Yeah, that's Germany. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I was, my first guess was Germany on the last one, but then I realized, oh, crap, he's not called. Yeah, no Frankenstein. Yeah, he's not called Frankenstein. Yeah, there was no uh, Frankenstein. What was it? You know, I think it's a uh, King Kong uh, escapes. They 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 say that it's Frankenstein in the Mecha King Kong suit. <laughs> oh <Yes>. god, <laughs> it's fucking dumb. All right, all right. Godzilla versus the Giants. Hmm. I'm gonna say wow. Mexico. Mexico uh, does like their giants. Uh, that's my first guess. Fuck Switzerland. I don't know. Nope, it's uh, Italy. Oh, <laughs> okay. One more. The planet of Godzilla. Poland? Close. Austria. Austria. No. Nope. Austria. Ah. Belgium. 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 Mm. I didn't so, even know that they were released in Belgium. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so now. Uh, this will be a fun game. We'll play as we go forward. So no cheating and looking it up, guys. We'll every <laughs> once in a while we will bust out. Uh, name name the country that this title came from. Because nice. nice. I get really into alternative titles for things because I think it's yeah. really funny, uh, especially <laughs> when it comes to genre stuff, whether it's sci-fi, horror, or Japanese kaiju movies. It gets really fun. But yes, if it involves the word Frankenstein, it is always Germany. Yeah, so we'll always get that one right. Yeah, you, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so let me see. Did I have anything else that I wanted to bring up for this one? Because I don't think... Oh, can we talk about like the suplex that was so nice they had to show it twice? Three I think times. they showed it three times. Three. Yeah. Yeah, well, that didn't ice. rhyme, damn it. <laughs> No, thrice. the suplex so thrice. nice they could oh. have gone thrice. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. Shit. Uh, <laughs> Joke anyway. burn. Joke uh, fail. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I also want to talk about the bending of Ghidorah's neck. They, like, bend it, like, completely backwards that it just looks unnatural. And I, I'm dead. like, I think, yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's fucking dead, Godzilla. Pretty sure... <laughs> Uh, a chiropractor is not going to be able to fix that. I don't care what space nebula you're from. He was dead the second time you fucking did the suplex. Yeah, it's just so fucking, like, when he's holding Ghidorah back and Angerus is just, like, running into him, like, the bending of that neck, I'm just sitting there like, oh, get the fuck out of here. No way. (laughs) No way does that happen. Um, Mm. All right, so... Uh, the only thing, the only thing that bothered me, the, the last thing really, is just I'm a little disappointed that Godzilla didn't get to destroy the Godzilla Tower. For some reason, as soon as I saw them standing next to each other, I'm like, come on, smash the shit out of that thing, and he never does. 
You know so. what? I didn't know I needed that until right now. So thanks. <laughs> um, I do actually like uh, the... the I do think it's funny that the bad guys open the door and it's the drawing of everybody and they shoot that yeah. and it blows up the TNT. That is kind of fucking funny. <laughs> I can't believe that worked. It was probably the it was probably the corn guy that drew that too and made that. Well, you know, no, that's why it they was... made him a cartoon illust- they made him a cartoon illustrator just for that joke. <laughs> it it had to be because it definitely wasn't worth him being that for fucking uh Mamaga or whatever her name was. The the uh, the okay. First the of all, if you're gonna make monster mothers, yeah, and then the monster of homework. You know what? No kid is scared of homework. They just don't <laughs> want to do it. Like who? Like unless this homework goes, you let your dog eat me, but now I'm gonna eat you. Other than that, shut the fuck up. No one wants that. Not a single person. <laughs> and the fucking stupid head of the fucking children's. I was like, I like these ideas. Yeah, sure you do, buddy. You fucking you, you creep. First of all, the uh, did you, he look you like look an Asian John Holmes? He did. <laughs> <laughs> That's who it was. That's who uh, it was. Like, if this dude comes up to me, he goes, "I'm making a playground for children." Nope, not. I am not sending my kid. All kids want our peace. No, all kids want are a Snicker bar and a fucking iPad. They don't want your peace. They definitely don't want your peace. That's in your pants. So keep it there. Mm. <laughs> Usually, it anyway. oh god, it was killing me. I that guy reminded me of something. I couldn't figure it out. That's who it was. Uh, yeah. Also, one more dumb thing, Angerus. Uh, why did you just headbutt a saw blade? Like, at what point were you like, "Oh, my horns will definitely beat this saw blade"? That was the point where the director said, "Run in here so I can get blood on the camera." <laughs> Pretty much. So, all in all. For me personally, I, I think Godzilla versus Gigan is worth watching to see the Gigan suit yeah. and see Gigan in action, but you got to sit through a lot of stuff you really don't want to see. Definitely uh, not the worst in the Showa series, All Definitely. Monsters Attack, um, <laughs> uh, but... It is one that I, I don't rewatch a lot. Derek, uh, your final thoughts on where it falls for you? Yeah, you know, like when I was a kid, this is what was one of my favorites for some weird reason. Well, like I like I said, I really like the quirky humor of the the guy that had the fucking he was my favorite character, to be honest, the guy that had the fucking corn as a gun. <laughs> is it is it do you want his hair? Is that what it is? It oh is. god. Yes. I don't can know, you can seen... someone Photoshop Derek with a long set of hair like that and a bandana? Because I give him my hair. Because <laughs> I do that. I wear I wear a bandana a lot on on. Well, not a bandana. It's like one of those uh, headbands you buy from the women's section, and you just put it on to keep your hair back. I don't know what they actually use it for, but it keeps your hair back, and that's what I use it for. And I kind of want to see Derek with my hair. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like when the like when the humans like our main humans are like weak, like like little like side characters. Like he's comes like a major part of the story, but he's more of like a side character. He's like getting our main characters to point A to point B. Like when they're doing like the investigation shit, you know. Like uh, I just like like the side characters in movies sometimes more than like the actual main characters, which works in my benefit. But yeah. You know, like I, I just can't help but just 
rather be watching Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla when it comes to the human story plot in this one. True that. You know, like the monster stuff I really enjoy besides like all the use of like stop uh uh, you know, like the extra stock footage and shit. And, you know, like even them not making like a new score for this, it's just like uh, stuck. Even though like the musical cues do work for where they put them, it's really weird sometimes when you look at it that way. But overall, I still, uh, it's not one of my favorites. It's still like not like a, it's like a middle tier Godzilla movie in my opinion. It's not like, the one of the best or like one of the worst it's like near like the middle for me personally and if you are a fan of Godzilla I say still check it out especially for the Gigan stuff and like you know like the tag team like battle scene it's awesome yeah don't make this your first co- this should not be in the first couple of Godzilla movies you watch okay. you need to be a little seasoned first mm-hmm. I think it's a good way to put it uh, Venom yeah. how would you put it uh, well as I've already said, Gigan's my favorite kaiju. So f- just for his mere presence, this does make uh, make this film one that I do revisit uh, fairly often. Eh, I'd probably say every other year, maybe I'll pop this in just to watch it. Like I said, just to lay eyes on my favorite kaiju. But I agree with everyone, you know, as far as the weaknesses of the film. There's just too many to justify putting this too high on your list of favorite Godzilla movies. But yeah, I still personally love it. Uh, anytime I can get some guy get on screen, whether it be in this form or his later form that we see years later, uh, I'll take it. So yeah, not a favorite, but very much worth watching just so you could see Mr. Venom's favorite Kaiju. <laughs> yeah. Don. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, almost right on line with uh, Derek and his, uh, Plenty of fun times to be had. Definitely not a first time, you know, okay, first, you know, five or so Godzilla films, but there's worse out there, but it's not necessarily a must must get to sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm uh, almost like right there next with next with him. Gotcha. And the last thing I want to say is uh, Gigan gets screwed when it comes to covers a lot. The, the first American poster for this movie with Godzilla Monster Island, Gigan's like in the back. You can barely see him. It's all Godzilla and King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. there is a very awesome VHS cover that actually has Gigan and uh, Godzilla as the main piece. But yeah. then you go and look at the Sony DVD release, and it's Godzilla with a black silhouette of Ghidorah with no Gigan in sight. Mm-hmm. And literally, it's on Godzilla versus Gigan is the title of the DVD. <laughs> I am I am very upset that Gigan, which is one of the and I'm a huge Ghidorah fan, but Gigan is one of the best looking kaiju and he gets he gets jacked on his own covers. It's mm. messed up. That's that's jacked. Yeah. So alright guys, that's Godzilla vs. Gigan. We will be right back with our uh, Ultraman report. <laughs>
And here we go, Ultraman Episode 2, Defeat the Invaders, starring my all-time favorite Ultraman Kaiju, Space Alien Bolton. Oh my god, guys, I love him. I'm excited. Um, whew, man, that was good. Uh, so, Ito has a black eye. Um, yep. <laughs> that's how this episode's mm-hmm. gonna start. Ito has a black eye, and we're gonna find out how he has a black eye. Now, how do y'all feel about them breaking the fourth wall here? Uh, yeah, that Venom. was that was jarring. Oh, was I love it. I'm a huge fan of breaking the fourth wall. I love it. I don't mind that tactic at all. I'm a huge proponent of it. If I know that it's an option and that it's a possibility that I'm more prepared for it, then it's not as big a deal. But just since they didn't do it in the first episode and I didn't remember them actually doing it in any of the few episodes that I had seen when I was a kid, it it definitely was like a little jarring. Like, whoa, is he looking at me? Like, it freaked me out for a second. Once I realized what was going on and now that I know that it it is potentially something that we'll see, you know, more, I'm totally okay with it. Well, yeah, don't get your hopes too, up. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't actually show up that much. Yeah. It's 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 mostly just this episode. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, okay, Arashi goes to the science center. Uh, he he leaves the science patrol center to go to the science center to patrol it because something's going on. And uh, we're gonna just gonna get right into space alien Bolton is fucking amazing and he can freeze people and when he does his uh okay how do you describe what he does like his transferring or cloning himself or um, i i would use the term replicating more than anything okay that's but, good yeah. well but yeah. here's the thing he, it's still not exactly it's not exactly accurate but i think that's the closest i can come up with it reminds me of in dragon ball z when they have like the after image technique or uh they have like some of them have the ability to split themselves into multiple ones um you see like uh like piccolo do this and curlin even does this it kind it actually reminds me of that because i mean he can literally go from one to two to three and then back all to one and it seems to be one core that can go into multiples and then just come back. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. weird. Like I said, that's you know kind of why you know replicating is probably like the closest you can come up with, but it's still not accurate. Yeah, that's fair. I wonder how they wrote it down when they were creating this episode. Yeah. He can do this, this shit right here. Um, and Balton's laugh is... Epic. <laughs> oh my god, it reminds me of Matango. <laughs> uh it reminds me of the, of the mushroom laugh it's so good like space alien Bolton looks fantastic that design is so i love the claw hands i love the big yellow eyes i love mm-hmm. the whatever the fuck the thing on its head is i don't know what that is ears maybe horns any and guesses it's, could it be what does he have flat panels fucking he's in high definition over here maybe <laughs> uh so uh how do y'all feel about space language (laughs) (laughs) like ito ito is for sure the comic relief of the show and you either love him or hate him there's no in between on him but you better start loving him because he actually a lot of times gets more screen time than almost everyone in the science patrol as the goofy comic really i guess japan's just really into that i feel 
I feel like his son though, like if that if that character had a son, it's the guy in Itchy the Killer that's addicted to heroin and sitting inside of a fucking TV. You know what I mean? Like they look kind of similar and like I don't know, I just feel like that's that person. Um so space language doesn't work, but we do get to actually I, I think it's hilarious when the aliens are like, your space language is too hard to understand, so we just hijacked this dude's body. Yeah, like, uh, it just should have been the first thing they did. Just seems It just seems like it's, you know, like, you know, if you're doing it in, like, real life, it just seems like an unnecessary step. Just, you know, talk through the body to begin with rather than go through the, spa- the space language. So it's kind of like, you know, an odd thing to do because, you know, they bring it up, you know, because they bring it up earlier in the episode about communicating with them, and then they have Ito do the space language, and then the aliens are like, you're too stupid, we're gonna just do it this way, and then talk in English anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, something that in real life it wouldn't work that way, it's just like comic relief for a TV show. Yeah, also, that security panel that they have, where they're all like, what should we do, let's drop nuclear weapons on him, and uh, Captain's just like, what if that doesn't work? Let's just talk to them and see what they want. Maybe they just want ice cream or something and we can give them to them and they'll go. Like, and it, like, yeah. yes, that sounds kind of stupid, but they act like he was literally like, let's just bow down and suck their dicks right now. Like, yeah. we're done. Game over. Like, like, they're like, you want us to surrender. That's what you're really saying. And I'm like, did I say that? I mean, like, wh- when did I say surrender? I don't, did I speak French to you? I don't remember doing it. <laughs> Um, it's just very, like, they go really hard on him, and then they apparently argue for two hours and just go, well, we don't know what to do, so we're gonna do that. I'm like, y'all just wasted two hours. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Balton's over here freezing people. Freezing motherfuckers and shit. Yeah, and you're, and you're just gonna argue for two hours and then be like, oh, well, we couldn't come up with anything better than your stupid plan, so let's do it. <laughs> that was weird. Yep. So... The uh, mad scientists blew up their home planet while experimenting with nuclear weapons while apparently six point sixty billion of them were just chilling on a spaceship. Invisible spaceship. Yeah. Here's my question. What kind of vacation is goes, hey, we need like almost all of our population to uh, go on this vacation together. You see, we got this really good deal, and if everyone chips in, it'll break down in a really good price. Let's go do this. And there's just a few people that were like, I don't want to go because I want to do these uh, mad scientist evil tests and accidentally blow up the planet. <laughs> I, and, then, and then they go, and they're like, well, go live on Mars. And they're like, we can't, but I can't tell you why. Yeah, that's my favorite line. <laughs> why, would Hilarious. You, why would you not just be like... Dude, you've seen Mars, right? No one can live there. That's stupid. You're dumb. Uh, and why is it Earth that's always the perfect place to stay? Like, uh, I don't know. We're enamored with ourselves. I Well, I actually was looking at this thing that was talking about uh, uh, the possibility of aliens actually visiting us and if it's happened or not happened and what like it means. And it was basically saying, like, most likely in other universes, in other galaxies and whatnot, they have a, they would most likely quite possibly have a same solar system as us where they would have just one planet that's habitable, habitable. And it would most likely be just like our planet. 
Yeah. Which makes sense why they always come to Earth because they live in a, a similar thing. Um, but who the who the hell gave Hayata the permission to just be like, well, y'all can live here if you you know just fucking uh, <laughs> follow our laws and customs. Like that would be like if I'm over at at uh, Derek's house and Don shows up with a bunch of Italians and I'm like, well, y'all can live here. As long as you follow our laws and customs and Derek's just over there like, wait, no, this is my house. You don't get to make these rules. Like, who, Jerry, no. What are you doing? I said you could protect my house while I was on vacation. I didn't say you could move people in. Like, you're not even the captain of the science patrol. You're like maybe lead officer at best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I'm not even, and technically... Because of the Ultraman stuff, you actually look like you do nothing all the time. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I just thought that was very odd that he just gets to do this. Uh, but I... they're like, hell no. And he doesn't even deserve the panic because he always fucking loses it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. uh, so, But he does do that cool, like, throw the, the dark thing into the shadow and it bleeds. Yeah. That was actually really dope, even though it made no sense. Nope. Um, and I'm not sure how that worked with Bolton's technique, or if Bolton even got hurt. I'm super confused. Um, yeah. But I was... Go ahead. I was, uh, I was a little confused about when, uh, before Hayata be- uh, turned into Ultraman, when he shot Bolton with his ray gun was Bolton laughing at him like it almost seemed like it was tickling him here's the thing I think Bolton's language just sounds like laughter to us and so it just sounds like he's always laughing whether he's hurt like he could have been being he could have been cussing yeah he could have been like you dirty motherfucker (laughs) like yeah well I mean you you don't technically even hear him roar or like it offer like a screech or something like for any other kind of like vocals. I mean, maybe he actually what sounds like laughter could be their language. Because could they be. say that they can't understand Edo, so they have to resort to the other means. Right. I'll go with that. that, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, he loses the space capsule over the edge because Oh, it's on a ledge. I better use my hand without looking to see if I can get it. And, of course, knocks it off. Which then has him jump off the building in front of Ito for no reason. I'm like, are you even trying to hide the fact? And he miraculously catches the capsule. (laughs) Well, you know what? I could believe that. Like, he's like, okay, I've got one shot at this. If I if I don't jump down and grab this capsule just perfect, I'm dead. So I'm about to Batman the shit out of this. I can almost I can almost believe that. It, it's still kind of dumb when you point it out. True to that. But I can go along with it. Uh, but you know what that means? It is time for for battle. Don, do you have the breakdown of this battle for us? Alrighty. Well then, after transforming, Ultraman turns and faces Bolton, who's flying over the city, causing Ultraman to give chase. Bolton flies around the various structures in the city, where eventually Ultraman catches up and grabs it, engaging in a tumbling duel in midair. Ultraman lands a few clubs on Bolton's midsection before it flies off, firing several rockets at the fleeing Ultraman as several rockets hit buildings around the city. (laughs) 
landing on the ground, Ultraman turns around and fires a specium array at Boltan, setting it aflame and the tumbling, burning kaiju into a refinery exploding. Catching sight of their ship with his X-ray sight, he flies into the ship and pushes it into the sun, thwarting the invasion. Okay, I've got two things I want to point out here. One, Ultraman won that by shooting Bolton in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 100%. That's, uh, sort of, that's yeah, where the so fireball that. starts. Uh, the fireball and, starts. And second, Ultraman committed genocide. Uh, he killed 60 million of them while billion. most... I'm billion, sorry, yeah. 60 billion of them while most of the other ones had already died on their planet. I'm sure there are some that would survive in different places in space because obviously they have a spaceship that can fit 60 fucking billion. They've got a spaceship that others are on and they're very tiny. So I guess it's, it can happen, but Mm -hmm. still nonetheless, that is an act of genocide. Ultraman did. And I'm sorry, but wasn't he like supposed to like before this, wasn't he basically part of a galactic space patrol of goodness? (laughs) Like that's, well, you figure genocide goes out the window when you start attacking humanity and threatening to enslave them. Okay. Because you for, because you forget when Ultraman when Hayata is talking with him, they do say that you know they're gonna enslave humanity. I think that kind of rules out you know keeping peace with genocide. Uh, okay, fair enough. I'll give you that. It's justifiable genocide, I guess. <laughs> if that well, can be a thing. Keep- you figure to, <laughs> to keep the peace, you have to, you know, resort to violence every now and then. Uh, fair enough. So, okay. Then we go into uh, how Ido got his black eye. And it's it actually so because he, he fell out of bed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Even though I really don't understand how you get a black eye falling on the floor. Yeah. He, had, he would have had to have fallen on his fist somehow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess you're right. He would have fell had on to the guy's that. dick. Oh. <laughs> Arashi, god damn it. Put your penis away. <laughs> See him in uh, bed jerking off to Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking about Fuji. Actually, I've I've got to say, uh the the chick uh who plays the girlfriend slash sister in Gigan later on is in an Ultraman series. Mm-hmm. And I forgot which one and I forgot to take note of it. But, fun fact, she is in a later Ultraman series. Nice. Playing basically a Fuji role. So that's nice, pretty good. Nice. So, uh, this episode, uh, even though really not that much happens, I just love Space Alien Bald, and that's why it's one of my favorite Ultraman episodes. And that's about all I have to say about it. Uh, Derek, how do you feel about this episode? You know, like, even though there's not, like a lot of like kaiju action, there is some in it, you know what I mean? Like, with like what Don did his report, it sounds kind of like basic. It's still kind of a fun episode. I like like the little humor of uh, Bolton and stuff that he froze and he's having the discussion with a uh, Hayata and the other guy, and it's fucking kind of funny. I just like him as a character and like the, the abilities that he does have is really cool. And and even though we don't get to see a lot of the abilities, we do see some of them. It's fucking awesome, and it's a super fun episode. So I say check it out. Mm-hmm. All right, Venom. 
Uh, yeah, pretty much the same thing. I mean, for me, this was a first time watch. I don't remember watching this episode back in the 80s. I, like I said in episode one, I wasn't a religious viewer of Ultraman, but I caught it whenever I could. And uh, yeah, I definitely did not see this. This is this is a creature design that I would remember. And yeah, I pretty much agree with everyone. I uh, Bolton is pretty awesome. Uh, I, I liked him in both forms, both in his normal human size form and then obviously as a giant monster. Uh, I loved his attack, his little freeze attack. I loved his big fat pincers. And uh, I also liked that they were almost like shotguns when he was in his kaiju form. Wasn't it? Didn't that sound like shotgun blasts coming yeah. out of his uh, claws? Yeah, 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 it did. Yeah. So that's uh, that's also being a big fan of shotguns. Uh, I, I I appreciated that as well. Um, the only the only thing that I'm gonna say is that I don't like how the final line in the episode is delivered, and it's got it's got nothing to do with the Japanese production. It's got to do with the English dub. I wrote it down, and I, I'm gonna deliver it exactly the way they deliver it in the episode. Uh, basically, they forget to put in a couple of commas, which kind of changes the context of the sentence. So here it is. Uh, an invisible spaceship that can be seen by no one but Ultraman was destroyed. Now, I know what they meant to say is to put a couple of commas between but Ultraman, but the way it was delivered in the episode, it, like I was like, wait a minute, Ultraman was destroyed? What the hell did I miss? Like they, they said, the you know, they didn't take the pauses where the commas should be. They delivered the line as one long line and it ends with, but Ultraman was destroyed. And I was like, I had to rewind. And I was like, wait a minute, did they just say that? And then I understood what they were implying and that they just delivered the line wrong. But yeah, that just, that definitely uh, jarred me for a second. Cause for half a second, I thought I missed something major. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize that, but yeah. Wow. Uh, Don, how about yourself? Yeah, this is a really fun one. Um, it was one of the fav one of my favorites growing up. Um, we'll probably get to my favorite really soon. But uh, yeah, Bolton is a great design. I love that we get to basically see the top half of him, which I'll explain more about later on when we get to talk about him again. Oh, yeah, because in case you didn't know, Venom, Bolton does come back. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I want to see more of those sexy leggings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Really fast, a lot of fun. Uh, we actually get character development. We actually get to know a little bit about Ito in this episode, which uh, we can't say about the first one because we're barely lucky we got names in the pilot. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and uh, most importantly, a mid-air flight fight at night with Ultraman. Yeah, that actually was fight, pretty good. Yeah, a nighttime fight in mid-air. There's only like maybe two or three seconds of them actually on the ground. And it's only Ultraman stopping to land and fire the specium ray at him. That's like really the only time in the fight that they're actually on the ground. The rest of it is actually in midair using the models. Mm. Yeah. So definitely, definitely a favorite of mine for Space Alien Bond. I can't wait to hit episode three. I can't wait till we get further in it when Bolton comes back. Because that's also a really good episode. Don can back me up on that one. Um, right. So that's that is Ultraman episode two. Uh, so next episode we'll get into Ultraman episode three, of course. But uh, for us here on uh, Monster Island, Monsterland, visions from Monsterland, we're not on an island. Uh, those were our <laughs> visions from Monsterland. I hope you enjoyed them. For me, for Derek, for Venom. For Don, we are glad that you joined us. In the description will be links to all the podcasts we do, so make sure to check that out. 
We will see you next time in another weird monster giant filled episode. Uh, I'm out. Uh, Derek, you got any parting words? Just do the Geigen and stay away from Asian John Holmes. Damn straight. Uh, Venom, you got any last words? Uh, nothing clever, but I did actually want to shout out really, really fast. I'm not sure when this episode is going to be out, but if it's out before Friday the 13th, uh, if you live in Southern California this weekend in Pasadena, we're having Monster Palooza, which is our biannual big uh, monster convention. It's usually horror. It's horror specific, but this year they're going to have a lot of different guests from both the Godzilla and the Ultraman universe. Uh, we've got Shinji Nishikawa is going to be there, who worked on Godzilla Tokyo and Godzilla Final Wars. Godzilla Tokyo SOS, excuse me. Uh, we've got uh, Shinichi Wakaza who worked on many, many uh, Godzilla movies in the 90s and early 2000s doing special effects there. We've got uh, Sutomu Kitagawa, who actually played Godzilla for a lot of those same films in the late uh, 90s and early 2000s. And then the final one, and the one that I'm most excited about, and uh, Don, correct me if I pronounce this uh, wrong, Ben uh, Faruya. Ben Faruya. Yeah, who actually plays uh, Iron Man, uh, excuse me, who plays Ultraman. All four of these guys are going to be at the convention, and I'm going to meet them all. So so if if you find yourself in Southern California the weekend of Friday the 13th, Saturday the 14th, Sunday the 15th, come on on out to the Pasadena Convention Center. I'll be there uh, probably on Sunday checking out stuff and hopefully picking up some new kaiju toys. But yeah, sorry I got long-winded. I just wanted to throw that out there for the Southern California listeners. Damn, I am jealous of that. Me too. Oh my god, that yeah. sounds amazing. I'll take lots of pictures. Please do. We will we will have a report of that on the next episode for sure. Don, do you have any last words? Just uh watch the skies. You don't <laughs> want to miss you don't want any Boltons coming after you. <laughs> or puppet doors. Puppet doors. Or fucking cockroaches. <laughs> we didn't even bring up the fact that the aliens were cockroaches. But the, I kind of didn't that, care. It's not that important, really. Yeah, it's I more like, just like, I like it's more my... just like a shock. Go ahead. It's more just like a shock thing, you know, the lightning flash, and then you see the shadow. It's not really a big deal. Yeah, I like my uh, aliens to be wearing uh, Time of the Apes uh, mask, personally. Or D- <laughs> or Devo, or dress like Devo. Yeah, or that. <laughs> Uh, so that's it from us we will see you next time thank you for joining us and uh like don said keep looking at the sky because you never know when underwater kaiju from outer space will be coming for you